Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show. I am Tim Dillon, comedian, member of the media, and the father of Candace Owens' child. And I did not announce that when she was on, but I feel like it's time to come clean with you and let you know that the child that Candace Owens will be having is mine. Ben, by the way, a lot of people, not really, four, were angry about Candace coming on the show. Mm -hmm. And they said, I didn't push back enough, which I did. But you know who did no pushback? Ben. Ben said nothing the entire interview. He wasn't even on screen. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I don't platform anyone. He runs the tech. He chose to platform Candace Owens and say nothing. Not one rebuttal. I thought he booked Megan the Stallion. I was shocked <laughs> that Candace Owens was on the show. I apologize. It was very tough to mm -hmm. hear for many people. My aunt, who is a liberal, heard the episode. And you know what she did? What? Shot herself. She shot herself in the face after she heard the episode. And I feel, so what was that thing on the Legion of Skanks subreddit you read about my stepmother? Oh, supposedly it's like folklore on that subreddit that someone showed up to your stepmother's house and said, hi, I'm a fan of Tim Dillon. And she got really mad. And, and what do they get for that clout? I think that's clout, yeah. Hey, if you want, that's clout? Saying I'm a fan of Timmy. If you want clout, kill her. <laughs> you want real clout? Kill her. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. It's the holidays. <laughs> it's the holidays in LA and the decorations are out and you can't see them. And if you try to see them, you'll be in jail. I don't know why we've even put the decorations up this year. Yeah. Let's skip it. Let's skip it. If you drive down Sunset Boulevard or West Hollywood, there are actually decorations and no people. Mm -hmm. It is such a haunting scene. And then there's all these lines of COVID tests. Everybody's getting tested for COVID in their car. Mm -hmm. It looks like in and out, but everybody's getting a Q-tip up the nose to see if they have SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus. What a shitty way to spend a day. You know? Man. I was watching that Comedy Store uh, documentary the other day and uh, on Showtime. And uh, there are parts of it that are well done. And then there are parts of it where you go, huh. I rem they, so they, the episode I watched last night, they get Whitney, Rogan, Burr, mm -hmm. Leno, Annie Letterman. And they all take COVID tests. They all have masks on and they have, they take COVID tests and then they sit down and Mike Binder, who did the documentary, by the way, it's like about him. It's like about him. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, it's mostly about my journey with splashes of Kinnison here and there, a little prior, mm -hmm. but more me. They're all sitting outside and I, and I'm not bitter that I'm not in it. I've seen it now. Now I'm like, mm, kind of like that I'm, 
Not in it, but I got passed at the com. Don't be nervous. I got passed at the <laughs> comedy. I don't care if I ever do this again for a living. I truly don't. I truly, truly don't. Uh, I truly don't. I um, I was passed at the comedy store about um, which I love. I love the store. Uh, I was passed like a few weeks after this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, after the whole thing was right, shot right, with right. the majority of it. But they shot a scene where everybody gets COVID tested, and I, so. Apparently, it's in the midst of a pandemic. And then Mike Binder looks at everybody and goes, what's going on with PC culture? And I'm like, what in the fuck are you talking about? The biggest event, a seismic event, an asteroid that hit live performance harder than anything. This guy's going, what do you think about PC culture? And then there's comedians by the way, everyone in that documentary is like 75. I got to be honest. I got to be honest. You start looking around, you're going, I don't know. It doesn't feel that hot. Stand-up don't feel that hot right now. It's like it's all like elderly people telling you, well, when I was a youth, Richard Pratt. It's like it's not it. And I love stand-up and I love doing it and I'll keep doing it. But part of the reason why I like it is it is a dead art, okay? And 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 that documentary, I mean, Christ. It's just, it's a museum. It's a mausoleum <laughs> in there. I mean, it's a, it's a mausoleum. I mean, I was watching it with a friend who's a fan of everybody, and they're uh-huh. like, here's the question. I love comedy, and comics are more talented inherently than TikTok people. But is a documentary about the TikTok kids more interesting? Yes. Is And I like that you didn't hesitate. <laughs> is a documentary about the kids on TikTok more interesting than somebody being like, it's just a joke. <laughs> no one cares about PC. Look, guys, it's not even real. I had Candace on. Nobody's, people were mad at me, but nobody's trying to cancel me. It no. doesn't, it's over. No, no one cares. No one cares. And it's still like this narrative that people keep bringing up. It makes stand-ups look weak. You look weak when you whine. Just say it and step back. When I was fighting with people on Twitter about the Candace Owens thing, I was fighting because I had a point. I had a point and they had a point. They Whatever their point was, whatever my point was. But I don't care that you're mad. I knew you were going to be mad when we had her on the show. That's part of the fun. You see? I'm not bringing on a history teacher who no one knows or cares about. I'm bringing on a woman who's going to ruffle a few feathers. I get So this whining, weak piece, it's just got, it's every podcast has been about this mm-hmm. and only this. So I watched it for a few minutes and then I had to turn that off. It's a joke. Got Jay Leno up there. Be like, it's a joke. What are we doing? What's going on here? Who cares? I don't care. Enough with the legends. Enough with the legends. Don't you want to kill these people? Do these people die? Do they ever go away? Half of these motherfuckers have not been funny in forever. (laughs) Forever. And we all have to sit there like they're fucking Christ. 
They climb down off the cross and we got to wash their feet and annoy. It's enough is enough already. And I respect them. And, uh, you know, I respect, I respect the, the roads they paved so that I mayeth drive down them. Mm-hmm. But we got to be funny here. Doesn't everyone remember that? We got to be a little funny. We can't just sit around on a trillion dollars. They should make chairs made of money when they ask these people's opinion. They should have to sit in a chair of money and go, They have to take the money out of their banking and make a couch of it. And we're making money. We're not shitting on people that make money. But it's like it's a pandemic. There's all this shit to talk about. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about PC culture. Nobody gives a shit. Enough. Pipe down. Go down to the Comedy and Magic Club. Tell everybody, you know, tell everybody that. The PC culture. You can wade through an anti-mask protest on the way in there, down in Hermosa Beach. The LA lockdown's confusing because you're not supposed to leave your house, but the McRib is back. (laughs) It's odd. It's a strange thing. Go down and let's see what we can do and what we can't do because I don't even know. Non-essential travel of any kind is is banned. Mm -hmm. That word essential is a very subjective word. Closure of all on-site restaurants, though takeout delivery remains open. Personal services, hair salons, barbershops are closed. Essential retail open. Okay. Parks and beaches remain open for activities, but no gatherings. Go alone. Schools following protocols can remain open if they have a state waiver. People are like, the lockdown's not going to do enough. It's not severe enough. Well, what do you want, the tanks in the street? So there are several exemptions. Faith-based outdoor services and the homeless. I don't even know what that means. By the way, this is not the new studio. The new studio is being built. Yes. It's going to be very exciting. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. This made me laugh the other day. Get this up. Josh Richards, who's a TikTok kid, we like because he's industrious, is handing out blankets to the homeless. And I think he's an investor in the blanket company where he's handing out blankets to the homeless. And that's kind of funny. Can we can we play this? I mean, I don't think we can. Can we? Without volume, I think we can. Because there's probably music in this. See, we have a plan. Everyone says LA doesn't have a plan. It's right here. What's the, I think Gavin Newsom's doing a great job. What's the prize to plan right here? The TikTok kids are giving blankets to the homeless people. Is, is that not a plan? I think it's great. Now, go find out if he owns, I think he owns a part of the blanket company. I think he said on his Twitter, which is great, because as you're giving the blankets to the homeless, you're kind of also selling them and going, hey, if you scratch a few dollars together... You might want to think about purchasing one of these. You might want to think about might want to think about getting involved. But this seems like a great plan. Remember when I joked around? This is why I should never joke because everything I say comes true. Remember when I said this was months ago that if you were fucked during this economy, you couldn't rely on the government. You had to hope that David Dobrik shot you with a potato gun. <laughs> 
or that Jeffree Star decided to put $5,000 in your account on yeah, Venmo. Yeah. Remember when I said that you were only going to be relying on influencers? Mm -hmm. I said that, and I said it as a bit. It is now a reality. Mm -hmm. If you are homeless in Los Angeles, hopefully your needs dovetail with an influencer's publicity campaign. Hopefully you get chosen to be one of the people handed out a product. That's all you got now. Good luck. Good luck getting anybody else interested. These guys are walking around handing out. He goes like this. This is like the funniest. I mean, I just, folks, you got to laugh. And this kid, like, I don't hate the kid at all. But I would do shit like, like if I was him, mm -hmm. I, now I'm not going to be him. But if I was him, I would do shit like this. He's like, he goes, I am pleased to announce that I am joining Unhide, whatever that means. As co-creative director, as an investor and a partner in the company, I believe will change the world. I hope through my actions I can inspire Generation Z to take on the issue of animal efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. And join me in my mission to create a national conversation about it. So what is that, the blanket company? Yeah, I believe so. And what is the blanket company? So I think they don't use animal fur, like they don't, so it's also- Well, like that's what the homeless are concerned about. Here's a blanket and there were no animals made. The homeless were like, can you get some animals and cook them and bring them to me? Oh, folks, folks, <laughs> it doesn't get better than this, huh? It doesn't get this is Ellen DeGeneres' faux fur brand. <laughs> this is Ellen DeGeneres' faux fur brand. So you know what it is. It is not made out of animal products. It's made from the hair of her interns, <laughs> which she plucks out one by one when they're late. So Ellen DeGeneres, who's, as we've covered, runs an Abu Ghraib-style torture prison at her show, is now making blankets out of her intern's body hair, which are being handed out to homeless people by Josh Richards and the uh, TikTok kids. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm for it. I'm not against any part of it. Every mechanism there, I think, is working the way it should work. If I was homeless and I saw two kids in beanies, cool little young kids come up to uh -huh. me and gave me a blanket and they said, by the way, this is uh, no animals used. And uh, hey, here's a gift from Ellen. I'd say, thank you. And here's a gift from Ellen. So that's what that's that's the L.A. homelessness uh, thing here. Don't worry about it. I, I, I'm I hope everybody is is ex as excited about this as I am. <laughs> in this city, this rapidly crumbling metropolis. So I watched this show on Netflix the other day, Nate. Uh, it's a one-woman show by Natalie Palmides, who's a very talented comedian. I, I, don't, I didn't go through the whole show, so I don't want to comment on the show. Some people will love it. Some people won't. It's, it's, it's a one-woman show. Um, she's, she's uh, dressed up there as her character, Nate. And the whole show is about consent. This is the, this is what I was confused. There's like a scene where she's got a mannequin on the floor. Yeah. And she's, it's about toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. the whole show. By the way, every man I know, every straight man I know is like weeping openly. I, where is this toxic masculinity? I'd like to see more of it. You know who has a lot of toxic masculinity recently? Women. <laughs> They're tough as nails. But men are like openly weeping. Every straight friend I have cries all the time. Yes, it's because I'm always telling them how horrible they are at everything. <laughs> but who's going to do that if not me? So this, Nate, is about toxic masculinity, about men running around and being toxic and just 
raping and pillaging essentially. Mm. And there's like a, there's a scene where there's a mannequin on the floor and Nate, the character goes, I don't know what to do. What should I do with the mannequin on the floor? Who is looking at someone? Like, I know that there are rapists and I know that there's frat boy douchebag. I'm not the guy that doesn't believe any of that. But who is looking at someone on the floor and going, there's a gray area here. <laughs> I don't understand. I watched someone have a heart attack once in a diner. I got up and left. I said goodbye. I was out. Who was looking at someone on the floor? And I didn't go to a four-year college. And I know things go on there. People drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a lot of gray area out there. There is, but there's also not. Right. There's a lot of black and white areas of like, don't rape people. There's a point in the show that's a little culty where she's like, ask, ask. And the audience is like, ask, ask. ask. Yeah. I'm just confused. Clearly a talented woman. I'm just confused about the issue here of consent. I'm, I'm confused about it. Apparently, there's much more of a gray area than I had originally imagined. I thought that if someone is too drunk to have sex with you, do not have sex with them. If someone is passed out on the floor, certainly do not have sex with them. Give them a blanket. Give them a blanket that Ellen DeGeneres made, but don't have sex with them. So I'm just confused, but again, people are going to get mad at me. They're going to be like, you don't understand the rape that goes on. (laughs) Everyone is raped at every minute of their lives. (laughs) You fat fuck, just because you don't get raped doesn't mean. I'm sorry I've never been raped. You got to apologize to people now that you, you haven't been raped and that you're not dead of COVID. Every day, you should be dead. The choices you've made in your life. I'm sorry I'm not dead of COVID, and I'm sorry I haven't been raped. I hope they happen at the same time. So you can all have an I told you so festival somewhere. You have to apologize for just being alive. Anyway, and it's just such a nice way to call you a fat fuck when people call you, you better watch out about this. People call you, they go, you got to be careful. You have to be real. You have to be careful. You have to be very careful. You look at you. If people are calling you and telling you to be careful, you look like shit. (laughs) That's just the reality. If people are really calling you concerned about COVID, you look like shit. That's just a great way to know. And just know it. Just be aware. I've had fat friends. I was talking to Ray this morning. I've had fat friends that had no idea they were fat. There was a girl in the, in uh, the store the other day, and they're like, she's walking around lashing a polo out like she's loud. She's like getting everyone to help her and find things. Mm-hmm. If you're a fat person in a clothing store, you should treat it like a heroin addict who just got out of prison. Keep your head down, walk around quietly, and get out of there. Go in, try a few things on quietly, and then go, oh, none of them fit, and then leave. And then go sit in your car and eat Chick-fil-A. Don't be like the queen of the store. Be like, get me fat. I want death and that. So when someone calls her up and goes, you got to watch out for COVID, she goes, what do you mean? But that's a great way. If you don't know how you look, how concerned have people been about you getting COVID? If people call you up and they're like, I don't think you should leave your house 
even to take, hey, even to take a walk, put that mask on. Even to take a walk, put that mask on. Because, you know, you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful. It's just another way of telling someone, we are shocked you're not dead already. <laughs> we are so surprised you're not dead. Every time you post on social media, we imagine that it's a memorial page. It's an in memoriam. We can't imagine it's actually you. We can't imagine there's a disease out there that hasn't killed you. That's how people are acting right now. How is your family in Texas doing with COVID? Has anyone had it? Does anyone you know have it? Not yet. Well, my uncle had it, actually. I forgot. How did he do? He's okay. He's powering through. Just a mild case. He got it at the school where he coaches, you know? I think I had it in March. I had, you know, and I know everybody says this. This is a constant refrain. Mm -hmm. But in March, I was sicker than I had ever been. Right? Yeah, for like four weeks. I was so sick. I was coughing. Mm -hmm. I had a fever. I was like waking up in the middle of the night. Shivers. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. And, uh, and then I, you know, it took me three or four weeks to get my strength back. And to feel that I was back, it kicked my ass. Yeah. So I am convinced that that was something, maybe COVID. I know a young, healthy dude who's now gotten it twice. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm wondering if, if the antibody tests are wrong or, like, maybe he never had it the first time. Maybe there was a false positive. Mm -hmm. Or you just people are getting it twice. Supposedly the second case you get is supposed to be mild. Nice. It's supposed to be a mild case. And then McDonald's, who at McDonald's goes, let's bring back the McRib during a pandemic? <laughs> like, what sick executive goes, you know what? You know what this country needs? How many people died yesterday? You know what this country needs? Let's bring back the McRib. Get up what the McRib is, because the McRib, when I was a kid, was legendary. Do you mean what's actually in it or what McDonald's? Well, what it is. Okay. I, it's, it's, it's a... a a fake riblet pork patty mm -hmm. drenched in barbecue sauce. I mean, the original McRib was iconic, but I don't know if they're doing the original McRib. Let's read the wiki. Let's go over there to the right. Oh, to the right here? Yeah, to the right. The McRib is a barbecue-flavored pork sandwich periodically sold by the international fast food restaurant chain McDonald's. You could just say McDonald's. It was first introduced in 1981. Wow. Four years before I was born. After poor sales, it was removed in 1985, the year I was born. Ingredients, McRib pork patty, home-style roll, McRib sauce, pickled slices, slivered onions. 22 grams of fat, 240 calories of energy from fat. Okay. That's good, so you're able to, to turn the key to start your car. <laughs> and then uh, 500 calories. It doesn't seem that bad, Ben. Is it that unhealthy? I don't think 500 calories is that it much. It sounds fine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was hasty in judging the good people at uh, McDonald's. But we're going to go get one after the show just to try it out, just to see what's going on with it. Mm -hmm. See how many people are out during the lockdown. Imagine the cops knocking on our door like, where are you? What are you doing? We're going to get the McRib. Let him go. <laughs> Are they arresting people? Supposedly they're arresting people now for knowingly spreading COVID. If you knowingly spread COVID, you are going to be arrested. 
Are there COVID bug chasers? Like, you know, there's bug chasers where people yeah. want to get HIV. Yeah, yeah. Are there people that just want coronavirus? They're like, I need it. I need to get COVID. Just going to Walmart, walking There around. are bug chasers, people that want to get HIV. And yeah, you've yeah. watched documentaries about this. Why do they want to do it? I mean, it's clearly like a self-destructive thing, right? So they, they, they I think it's truckers mostly. Truckers? Is like, yeah, that's- Want to like, get HIV. I think so. I mean, it's like- Truckers. It's they don't have enough problems. Self-driving cars, Elon Musk. They just want to get AIDS. That's how bad it is. The truckers want to get AIDS because job security in this country is so... Is that really who it is, truckers? I imagine it's like glory hole guys at truck stop bathrooms. You know, they, they pick up prostitutes and stuff on the road. It gets lonely. Some of those guys... Ben's imagination is so dark and troubling, even to me. That asking him to even just a simple question, uh, he goes down a, a very dreary and disturbing, and he's creating this reality where these just lonely truckers on the road mm -hmm. at glory halls that just want, and now why do they want AIDS? I don't understand. I get lonely, I get trucker, I get glory hole. I don't get AIDS. I guess you just want to die, right? It's like the sick, like I'm a, like people were like, I'm a piss pig, like piss all over me and shit all over me. Like, yeah, give me, give me all the, your diseases that you have. I'm a piece of shit. You know? Who's, is that, are those the truckers as well? They're getting pissed and shit on? Some of them are piss pigs and, you know. Now, what is a piss pig? Someone who wants you to piss on them, piss in their mouth. They want to drink piss. You know, they want to feel really filthy. I feel like my attitude about drinking piss. <laughs> been is situational where it's like I feel like if it's appropriate to do at the time you might want to taste a little bit but then probably spit it out the you're only, open to it interesting well I don't want I, if someone is hot enough if someone is good looking enough they can get you to do whatever they want mm -hmm. if someone is good looking enough they could get me to how, go to the, a holiday with my family that's true you know what I, so I think that if somebody's really good looking says Piss in my, uh, I will go to piss in your mouth. You have to say, okay. No? Shit is a different story. Yes. A really good looking person says, I want to shit on you. Mm -hmm. That is probably disturbing. <laughs> because then you tell all your friends, like, oh, I fucked this person. They're really hot. And then they go, wow, yeah, what? I, how was it? And you go, well, I got shit on. <laughs> And then it's, it ruins the story, I would imagine, right? It ruins the Probably, story. Yeah. Or people are people are more intrigued. It's odd how sexuality develops. Like, it's very strange. Mm -hmm. Like, I always thought I might not be gay if women were more intelligent. Is that true? I always believed that. <laughs> so if women had a little bit more up here, I would probably fuck them. That's a joke. We have many female fans... And that's an ironic joke because people expect my audience to be full of misogynists, and it's not. It's full of sensitive, crying men and, and lovely women. And that's what we, we have more women all the time. All the time. All the time they're rolling in here, these ladies. The couples watch together. The couples watch together. Isn't that nice? And as soon as quarantine ends, we know what happens to those relationships. Maybe not. Are you afraid of your wife leaving you after quarantine? <laughs> no, we're both working as normal, so kind of unaffected. Well, 
I uh, I don't know. Maybe me and Whitney Cummings will no longer be uh, married after quarantine. Oh, wow. That she threw a Friendsgiving. What a horror, you know. And oh, I right. I respect her, but she threw a horrible event at her home. And I was doing a Friendsgiving. So Whitney then decided to do a Friendsgiving an hour after me. Uh, that's nice. Dan Carney's in uh, the hospital. He just transitioned. No, he uh, he had a, a minor hip surgery. He'll be fine. Um, what is that on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yours to yeah. find that picture of Whitney's uh, decor. It was it was grotesque. <clears throat> so she has all these influencers over her house. And I, you know, some of them are nice. Olivia Munn, whatever. And you got Amanda Cerny. I don't know who she is. And I don't care. Uh, and then you have the Keshas and all these people. Look how much autumn is at that table. It yeah. was grotesque. It's, I lo- Whitney is very successful, but this is Target. This is Walmart shit. Yeah, which is fine if you are at that place in your life. Look how orange it is. It's too much. It's too drenched in it. That's a plastic fork too. It's a plastic fork. Whitney also is too much of a dude to give a dinner party. The great socialites, the great women of our time. Rich women who know how to give a party. There's a there's a vibe to be created. Whitney's a guy. She's a dude. She's a successful dude. There's one black guy at the table, and she starts haranguing him about where he pays taxes. It was the most uncomfortable thing anyone had ever seen. She goes, why do you pay taxes? I go, you can't ask that. We're eating vegan stuffing that tastes like a shoe, and she's yelling at a black about his taxes. And she doesn't mean it. But it, it, she's trying to have a conversation about state taxes, but it just looks bad yeah, yeah. if you have one black guy there and you go, what are your financials? <laughs> What's your credit score? It was very strange. <clears throat> now, I had to cancel. I canceled my Friendsgiving because we were going to do it. Uh, we could have a lot of people, and then the whole thing just became insane, and it's like, you know what? It's too much of a problem now. You have 50 people in masks. Who wants that, Right. Somebody test positive. I got to make call 50 people the next day and go, hey, thanks for coming. By the way, see a doctor. And I was going to do a theme like a, you know, like a Tuscan winter wonderland because I'm a classy bitch. Tuscan winter wonderland. Italian food, which is tough to pull off. She went full autumn. Gross. I mean, the color of the bowls. I mean, just grotesque. And I love Whitney and it's great. And I appreciate Everything she's done for me, she's given me uh, a lot of furniture for my home, which I paid her for, mm-hmm. but that's still nice because it's it's less than it would have cost me to purchase by a lot. So I appreciate her and her friendship, but this is not how to give an event. It's not how to do a party. It really wasn't. It was very odd, but I felt like it was very rushed because it was something I was going to do, and then she was like, oh, I want to do it now too. Mm-hmm. And the chef was okay. The chef was hot. The chef like has like saddle leather yeah. boots on and like long hair. And it's like, oh, enough. A chef should look like Raymond Kump. And by the way, <laughs> these oh, yeah. shirts that we have on, I am a wine princess bitch, our new Ray Kump merch. Model it. I am a wine princess bitch. This is Ray Kump merch. Get the link up where you can get these. Uh, Ray Kump was arrested outside of Miley Cyrus's house in Tennessee. <laughs> All of these shirts go to his legal defense fund. It's very important that Ray uh, have an adequate defense against uh, Cyrus and her lying family. By the way, Noah Cyrus, her her sister, called Candace Owens a nappy-headed hoe. Right. Saw that on her story. Yeah. Not cool, Noah. There it is. This is a picture of a wine bottle holding a machete. 
Ray is an artist. I mean, this is yeah. art. He he drew this, right? He drew this, and this is I'm a wine princess bitch shirt that you can get at the Ray Comp store, bonfire.com store slash comp, right? Yeah, yeah, bonfire.com slash store slash comp. It's on his Twitter. Yeah, it's on his Twitter, and um, and it's a great shirt. It's great for the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's great to just give the family, you know? I don't know, but it is phenomenal. But I, I'm I'm disappointed now that we're in a lockdown again and we can't have the party. It was going to be a fun party. You know, we talked about it many times on the show. We can't do it. We just have to we have to do it, uh, you know, another time now, which is sad, you know. But what are you going to do? But Whitney filled in with, you know, orange play. I mean, what a – I mean, it looked like a, like, a, like a high school, like a party – like that you have like a high school theater kid party. Yeah, like a church potluck almost. Yeah. Megad. And I and I and I and I and I respect the effort. And she she's a good person and she works hard. But giving a part there's an art to entertaining mm-hmm. and and giving an actual party. Yes. And it was a tremendous uh and despicable <laughs> uh display, a failure of epic proportions, uh a strange vibe an odd configuration of people, uh, very sad people, <laughs> wealthy and yet sad, uh, a, a, an interesting, you know, one woman whose laugh was so absurd that it was just oh, derailing the whole thing. Yeah. One woman was like, <laughs> you know, I just. We Irish goodbye. We just laughed. I looked at Jim Jeffries. I said, I got to get out of here. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I think I'm going to Irish goodbye too. He's a happy guy, huh? Anyway, I love him. Very funny. He is very funny. He's a genius, but he's you know, funny. but he's you know, he's, he's more muted in person. You know, nobody's any fun in L.A. That's the problem. Nobody's fun. We had these two nineteen-year-old TikTok kids come here, mm-hmm. sweet kids. But I mean, I mean, can you tell anyone apart from anyone else here? Everybody's just like, I'm on Twitch. I'm a gamer. Nobody has any anecdotes. Mm-mm. Nobody has a fun anecdote. Nobody turns around to you in this town and goes, my mother died during childbirth. I never knew her. Nobody has a funny anecdote. My father was a drunk and tried to molest me, and the only way I got out of it was by pushing him down the stairs and paralyzing him. Oh. No one says that. Everyone goes, I'm on Twitch. <laughs> That's all anyone says. I stream on Twitch. I was beaten up every day, and then I became strong and, 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 and raped every nerd that beat me up. I realized I was gay, but also a fighter and wanted to fuck him, fuck him, fuck him hard. No one has stories like that. Everybody just goes, I just sit in my room, <laughs> and I just look at a screen, and then the people on the other side look at me, and we are. Now, we are going to do Twitch, and I don't want you coming to me now and saying, hey, you shit all over this, and then you do it. That's what it is here, Okay. The game is to be played. So I'm going to get on Twitch, and I don't need people calling me a hypocrite, okay? Don't call me a hypocrite. Don't get mad at me because uh, Candace Owens came on here and and, uh, threw some shade at what am I supposed to do? I push back. She says this, like, I don't agree. Maybe, you know, I don't know about that. They wanted me to yell at her. The Rogan, they they had that viral moment where he's like, why don't you believe scientists? And she just said, I don't. I don't like science. And he's just like, well, why? She's like, I don't. Who cares? What did that do for any of you, you morons? 
to do for anyone. She's more popular now than she was then. You think that worked? Oh, yeah, she was dethroned after that, huh? Mm -hmm. Does it work? Does it work, idiots? I'm telling you, the only thing that works, apparently, is heroin. It's the only thing that does its job in this country because everybody who's on it is like, hey, my cousin keeps going back to it. Yeah. She said to me once, she looked right at my face and goes, I love heroin. Yeah. She goes, I love our family and you, but I love heroin. It was like, what do you tell someone like that to do? Like, but have you ever watched Bravo? Like, she's, she's found her thing. She's, she's, in, she's in, the, in the cut. She's focused, mm-hmm. you know? Do you want to be more productive in the new year? Yes. Do you want to start a, an e-commerce business and get uh, take advantage of the online digital marketplace? Absolutely. How are you going to do it? Hmm. I don't know. Do you have a service that I could use? Shut up. You haven't you haven't <laughs> thought about that? No, I haven't. I want to do it, but I don't. Do what? What do you even want to do? I don't know. I want to start an e-commerce business. With doing what? I don't know. It's so overwhelming. Like, I have to ship things. What are you shipping? You don't even have a business yet. <laughs> what are you trying to do? I don't know. I just thought I could have a business. I, I'm not really. What <laughs> kind of business? Um, Embroidered golf balls with people's names on them, like for Christmas. Like, you could put. How do like, you embroider a golf ball? Uh, well, I would use, like, you know, Sharpies. Like, you know. Isn't that more engraved than embroidered? I guess engraved. So, yeah. it's in, you want to engrave golf balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the margins? Because <laughs> in order for me to even tell you about this product, I have to be confident in the rest of your business plan, and it doesn't seem like you have one. We're playing around with some new ideas here about some new spin-off side shows that we may do in relation to the podcast. We don't know, we don't know, we don't know. But we're, we're, we're talking to some interesting people, and coming up with some interesting new ideas about having the most fun while we're in L.A. Because while we're in L.A., however long that may be, we got to make the most of it. We got to have fun. Right. This is going to feel like the Christmas I spent at Lisa's Lounge alone. It, You know, and I remember that clear as day. It was Christmas Eve. I did not go with my family. I went alone to a bar in Long Island called Lisa's Lounge. And that people were doing cocaine on the bar and drinking. Mm-hmm. And then the owner came out and he said to me, he goes, this is what this place has always been about. He took a key bump and he goes, I've always wanted people to have a place to go when they didn't have anywhere to go for the holidays. Mm-hmm. That's why he opened the bar. And I said, well, that's good. I said, thank you so much. He's dead now. But I said, thank you so much. And I sat there and I got drunk and I was drinking with these two people, a guy who inherited a lot of money and then a, a hooker started um, taking his money, and 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 then he lost all of the inheritance and ended up living back in his car. The guy got like a get out of jail free card, got one hundred and twenty grand. Mm-hmm. A woman swooped in, fleeced him, oh. and he ended up living right back in the car. And he would outside of the bar every night. He would just sleep in his car. It wasn't even a big car; it was like a small pickup, and he would just knock back. And then the bartenders in the morning would knock on his window and say, like, hey, what's up, buddy? And he'd shake off the sleep, go right back in and have a cocktail. 
And those are the types of people I miss living in L.A. I don't find any of them because they had great stories. And they, you know, these are people with a lot to do. And I spent a Christmas Eve with him and with the woman who took all his money, who he then started talking to again. Like, he was mad at her, and then he was like, well, I lost all the money anyway. Why keep this beef up? Right. I'm not going to kill her. And so they hung out, and we were all hanging out. We're just having a good time. And I remember that that was one of the lowest points of my life, a truly, truly low point of my life. Like one of the worst times that I can remember where I truly didn't want to be on earth anymore. And I can't even describe to you how much worse Whitney's Friendsgiving was. (laughs) Like how much worse it was than that moment of my life. It would be, I couldn't even describe, I couldn't even put together a metric to make you understand what a troubling experience it was. How are holiday retail numbers? You know the guys at CNBC, as everything's going to get so bad, they're going to just be cramming Adderall in their face, they're going to be looking at each other like, how are holiday, re-? and they're going to have to stare at each other like, how are the holiday numbers? Maria, what are the holiday retail numbers right now? Uh, what is this? Is this recent? Yeah, these are people that are lying. Yeah, they think there's going to be a strong finish to 2020 in spite of the pandemic? I yeah, I think not. I don't know. Well, we're entering a place now. We're entering a time now where the disparity between people that are fucked and people who aren't fucked is so, the chasm is so great, which is why everyone yells at me, oh, it's a conservative Nazi. No, I think there's a huge problem with the level of inequality in this country. It's unsustainable. I've said it many times. But now we're at a point now where it's we it's a, we view the random charity of influencers as some as like, oh. Like when they print that article about the kid that gives the blankets, what are people supposed to go? They go, oh, oh, oh that's not. Oh. <laughs> Like, what is the reaction supposed to be? Everybody's supposed to go, well, that, well, that's good. What a nice young man. There are still good people in the world. Like, we've gotten so bad now where those types of stories are, that's like feel-good news. That's feel-good news that things are so bad now that the homelessness crisis is so crazy. If 10 of them get a Snuggie, it's a news story because people are like, wow, we need something to just fucking pep everyone up because everything's corona and death and everyone's dead and no one can talk to their family and everyone's dying alone in bubbles in hospitals and nurses can't handle anything and everybody's everything's fucked. It's 700,000 people a month are filing for unemployment. Trump's not leaving and he's going, but he's not and he's still tweeting and Biden has no clue and things are bad and they're going to get worse and the third wave, I saw an article the other day about the third wave, (laughs) get ready for the third wave, but in between that, in between your anxiety, your your fucking heart palpitations from your coffee and the SSRIs you take just to get out of bed, please enjoy this very heartwarming Christmas story about an influencer handing a blanket to one of the now 90 trillion homeless people that live under bridges that used to work in restaurants Unfortunately, they never worked at Gavin Newsom's winery because then they'd still have their jobs. And can someone burn down his winery? Metaphorically, (laughs) as a bit, in an article. Burn it down in an article. Do you see what I'm saying here? Not physically, that's illegal. Burn it down with satire. 
burn it down with satire. <laughs> Mr. Newsom? He is good-looking people like him who don't give a shit. They should not be allowed to run a state. They should not be allowed to run the state of California. Just kind of that pretty boy. I own a vineyard. I have multiple. Look at what he owns. Go get what Gavin Newsom owns. He owns everything. He owns vineyards and wineries. He founded the Plump Jack Winery. Napa, yeah. Up in Napa. When's he up? When's he out of here? I want to get Logan Paul in there as governor. Mm. Got to get this guy out. These people are, are, are establishing rules for lockdowns, and then they're breaking the lockdown. He had dinner at the French Laundry. Another mayor did something. All of these mayors are breaking their own lockdowns. They travel. The guy in Denver traveled. The mayor goes, well, I got to try. I got to see my family. Yeah. The Austin mayor, too. He like yeah, they're all yeah. breaking their lock. If you break a lockdown, and I said this on Twitter, I got 40,000 likes. If you break a lockdown and you're an elected official, you should be fired. You should resign. You should be forced to resign. Your party should abandon you. He had, he had businesses in San Francisco, like in the mid-2000s. Like, he was a businessman. Here's my thing with Gavin Newsom. I just think what he's doing, the, the homelessness in California, the problems in California are so great. And yeah. there's absolutely no plan coming from anybody that makes anyone feel comfortable about opening a business here, buying a home here. Mm -hmm. um, I tell Ben all the time, I'm like, we're here for a, a period of time. I don't know when that ends. I do not know when that ends. You know, Musk just came out and said he's not leaving California. So that was old news. And oh. now the rumor is he is leaving. He's Musk going to is going to go. Dude, we thought we saw those Starlight satellites last night. I thought it was UFOs. Yeah. I thought it was UFOs, and it's actually Elon Musk's Starlight satellites, yeah. which are what? What's he doing up there? No idea. It looked like drone formations, you know. We really are at a point where the technology is so amazing, and yet it doesn't make anyone's life better, which we kind of knew. Dad Kaczynski knew that. And I'm not saying, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that Ted Kaczynski was right. I'm saying that he had elements of truth in what he said, just like Candace Owens had elements of truth. Everybody has elements of truth mm -hmm. in a larger narrative. What a tale we weave, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Candace Owens talked about her, her cousin in the projects. What was her cousin's name? Mia? Think so, yeah. I wonder if she really has a cousin in the projects or she just made that up. She's like, my cousin in the projects, me, it doesn't know who Trump is. I'm like, wait, what? That was like the most racist thing she said. Like, my cousin, me, in the projects didn't know what Brexit was. She didn't even know what Great Britain is. She's like, what the fuck, Great Britain? I'm like, is that really what was happening? She's like, my cousin, me, doesn't even know Trump. She'd be like, who Trump? Who Trump? I'm like, no one is that stupid. Right. Do you really have a cousin in the project? Or you have invented some ratchet cousin to tell people about? <laughs> My cousin Mia is pregnant with non-babies. She don't know who Trump is. Is that really what's going on? Or have you just invented that character to just make people more racist? It's like a character to pull out mm. where she's like, listen, you want to really hate black people? 
My cousin Mia doesn't know what a fork is. <laughs> she doesn't know. She smokes all her food. She smokes her food. She rolled a sandwich in a blunt. I saw it. I love it. And then she goes, I love Mia. I love my cousin Mia. Yeah. She's my cousin Mia. I love her. But she's an ignorant, <laughs> stupid, welfare-taking. And you're like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> like, when I watch the interview back, I'm like, the thing I should have pushed back on is the description of her cousin who lived in the project. Like, that was maybe the worst thing ever that I didn't, you know... My cousin Mia, man, she just lives in the projects. And, you know, every time I go there, I just do the alphabet with her one time just to show her show her what it is. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. You seem like you're being a nut. But what are you going to do? Next week we will have Diamond and Silk. on. We have a Christmas special, Diamond and Silk, the Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tesla CEO Elon Musk has told friends and associates he plans to move to Texas. That's the rumor today. That's what people Who are saying. Who cares? Good for him. You know, I liked him, and then he named the baby that crazy name. Yeah. I, I, I was I was done after. I know Rogan loves him. I was done after that. I was done after he named the baby the math equation, the baby name. I, I was kind of done. I, I was just kind of like, okay, man, I get it. Yeah, X-A-E-A-2. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I after that I said, let's just let's just move on. Yeah. You know? I can't. I can't be involved, but I wish everyone the best for the lockdown and the holiday season. I hope that you are enjoying yourselves and finding uh you know, I'm gonna get a Christmas tree this year. I haven't had a tree in a long time. You should get one. I'm gonna get a Christmas tree. Should I we do a I think I should get a Christmas tree and put masks on it? I call it a COVID tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little tests. Hang tests. Little tests and masks. Yeah. A COVID tree. That might be fun. A COVID tree. I mean, I do want to get a Christmas tree. I want to enjoy the holiday as much as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, as someone without a family and many friends and who's disgusted by most of what he sees and hears and feels, I do want to still enjoy the holiday season, you know? in a rapidly decaying oligarchy that's so it's barely funny anymore. Like that's how, that's how bad things have gotten. They're, they're not even funny, not even because they're too tragic. They've always been that they're not funny anymore because there's a remarkable sameness to everything. Like we feel like we're in round two of something. Mm -hmm. It's like we're, and we're going again. We're going again. Get ready. You know, I'm just kind of like, when the fuck are we going to break out? And I wonder what post-quarantine is going to look like. Are people going to say, fuck technology? Are they just going to say, I want to connect with real people again? I want to connect with human beings again. We've lived our lives on these screens. We've sacrificed everything for in the service of algorithms. Is that going to be the vibe? Are people going to say, fuck it, throw away the TV? I mean, throw it in MacBooks and, if, and the iPhones. We're going to run out. Let's go hiking again. Let's go swimming. Let's go do what we want to do. Let's do music festivals. Let's do live comedy. Let's do live theater. Let's get out there. Let's reconnect with people. Let's, is that what's going to happen? 
Is that what's going to happen? Even as I say it, I know the answer is no. <laughs> Even as I say it, no. But I mean, that would be like a resurgence of light. Like you finally go back outside and you go, man, I missed life. I miss going to a diner with someone and lunch with a friend who I don't even like. But I miss that. I miss the feeling of going out to a crowded bar. I miss being on a crowded subway. I miss being on a plane where people are coughing and sneezing and I didn't think I was going to die when I left. I mean, when's that going to come back? I miss the feeling of being in an office and opening the refrigerator and seeing who brought what lunch and what I could technically steal. I miss shitty office Christmas yeah. parties. I miss... You know, going out and seeing people that you you, you, you you hate far less than you should. Aren't those nice people that you hate far less than you should? You go, I should hate this person a lot more based on everything about them. And yet, I still have some level of, it's like, fine, fine. That was a lot of my friends throughout my entire life. You'd go... Okay, fine, you're here. And, and I miss that. I miss the tacit agreements we make, the, the small, just like everything now is too intense. There's no casual anything anymore. Mm -mm. Everything you got to be in, every friendship's like your best friend. Every person that you talk to is like super close. I miss casual friendships. I miss acquaintances. I miss shit that didn't matter. I miss talking to someone and then watch them hit by a bus and going, eh, and walking away. I miss so much of life needs to go back to the casual yeah. where it doesn't matter. The breeze that blows, the freedom to not care. Now everything is so intense because you could die, I guess. So you, every fuck, every friendship, every business deal, everything is super uber intense. Everything's a decision to go to the store, weigh the risks. What am I doing? Have these people over? Are they clean? Have they been careful? Who have they been seeing? Everything is too intense. You can't casually hate people in your vicinity anymore. You can't just casually invite people over and when they leave, look at your friend and go, you know, they're not that smart. They think they're smart. They're not. You can't do it anymore because everything feels so intense. And I think that that's sad. We need to introduce the casual back to life. We don't have the casual now. Everything is a big fucking production. Everything is super intense and very involved. Everything you want to do is involved. And every friendship you have now is like trauma bonding. And that's good for certain instances. But I think a lot of people, we got to go back. Now, obviously, you're going to have a tight-knit group of close friends. But we got to go back to the casual. Where people, because this is not life. This unending drumbeat of hell and horror is not life. We have to go back to something that feels more like who cares. No one has said who cares and meant it in years. Yeah. And that's a big problem because that means everybody cares. And that's a huge issue. The last thing you want people to do is care because they fuck it up. They fuck it up. You ever have somebody get really excited about all the things they want to help you with? And then you go, eh, back off. Back off. 
Nobody said who cares. You got you got to say who cares. You got to say to yourself like, yeah, man, uh, yeah, have them over or don't. We'll go to that thing or we won't. Right. Who cares? What does it matter? What does any of it matter? Now everything matters, and 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 it's just unfortunate. And that's what I want. I want the return of the casual. So that's what I hope. When this is over, I'm just going to travel and walk around and go, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. And that's going to feel so good to not care about anything or anyone. Do you get it? That's what we're trying to get back here. Total and utter Fucking, what is the word I'm looking for? Nihilism or? No, when you don't care, it's with an A. Apathy. Apathy. <laughs> Let's get back to that. You see a nurse, you go, fuck her. You don't feel bad for her. Yeah, yeah. Fuck her. Who, I don't know that bitch. Can we get back to that? You look at politicians, you go, fuck her. Yeah, they're lying. They're scum. Get them away. You go own your winery. Jerk off wine, but I don't care. Because nothing is a life or death deal. But things are too serious right now. And we can't go back. We need to be able to go back to that. Take, uh, oh, the schools are open. The schools are closed. Fuck them. <laughs> we need to go back to that. I'm thinking about things I've never even thought about. I'm like, are the kids safe in the school? It's not my business. I don't care. I just want to go back to that. We all must go back to that. It's the American way. Truly. Mm-hmm. It's the American way to go back to a casual, casual, nonchalant things. I care about people now so much for no reason. Really, truly. I look at people and I go, I care about them. And I want them to be okay. And that's destroying me. You know, worrying about other people is absolutely undoing me. It's destroying me. I need to go back to a thing where I don't worry about anyone, even myself. I just need to go back to that. We need to go back to that. As a, and a lot of people are like, oh, this is not true and... This is making me think about a lot of interesting things. That's what I try to do on the show. But they're like, this is like, this time has actually been a blessing. No, it hasn't. It's been a journey. No, it hasn't. It's been really good for me. And it's really showed me who my close friends were. No, it hasn't. You're trauma bonding. You're in a dugout. You're in a foxhole. It's a, you're in a war. People are shooting at you. Yeah. Are you close with the person next to you? I bet you are. No, your friends are your friends when things are going well. I when things are when things are going horrible. This is another thing I want to clear up, by the way. Okay. Because this is the other thing that people don't understand. They go, "Your friends are only your friends in the shit." When things are in the shit, that's not true. Tons of people love to be around shit and misery, and will find you. Your friends are actually your friends when things are going well. They're not jealous of you. They're not. They you you don't threaten them. You have a good life, and they're happy for you, and that's a real friendship. When you are in the worst time ever. Actually, many people come out and they're like, I'm here for you. But what they really want to do is just watch you 9-11 style jump out of the South Tower window and <laughs> fall to the ground. Because that's what people like to do. They like to watch each other emoliate. So don't put too much stock into anything. When things are good, 
that's when you figure out who your friends are. And things have been good for me right now. I mean, things are good for us right now. Even though things are bad in the world, the show has been good, and the live dates have gone good, and I have some friends. I have a handful of friends, and I have a lot of acquaintances, but I have a, a small, I have less than 10 really close friends, far less than 10. I don't want to, I don't want to say how many I really have, because then I have 10 people are like, well, I thought I, and it's all a problem. Mm. But it's a small group of people that I'm friends with now, and, and, when I, when I was doing horribly, I had a hundred friends. Like when I look at the text I got when things were going really, really, like when I was just an open micro in New York City and mm. nobody cared, I had no career. Everyone was like, hey, happy Thanksgiving, man. They would all take photos of our families. Look at these fucks. They don't understand us. We're the next generation. Fuck these fucks. Go in there, steal a little money out of their purse. Give me a little bit of that, and then, then everybody's, uh, they're all out for, they're all in, in, in for it. But then when things go, go decently, you truly see there's a few people that actually come out to be a friend. That is the opposite of what you're told. You're told that your real friends are around you during the hard times. Untrue. Untrue. Your real friends are around during the good times. That's the reality. And many of you... Don't want to hear that, but that's the reality. It's the good times. Go give blankets to people that don't need them. You understand? Impress me. You want to impress me? Do you want to really impress me, TikTok stars? Go take those blankets and give them back to Ellen. Knock on her door. <laughs> Hi. Give them back to her. Go, you deserve these, you crazy bitch. That would impress me. Because that would mean they got... Because a blanket for a homeless person is nice. It's a nice thing. But I would be much more interested if that homeless person was a sociopathic... Millionaire talk show host. Then they get the blanket. Then you see. And why? Why, Tim? You don't understand. You're sitting in the back and go, well, I know that there's a point here because there's no story if you give Ellen the blanket. So it's real. You see? If you give the millionaire the blanket... It's real because no one reports or thinks favorably of you for doing it. You get it now? <laughs> or are you still confused, dummies? Give charity to the rich. Yes or yes? <laughs> Do you want to prove, do you want to prove that you have the Christmas spirit? Give to those that have. Yeah. Give to those that have. Because it's real. Because it's real, there's no ulterior motive. Give to those that have more than you. Giving to those that have less than you Shows me that you want me to come up and pat you on the back for the things that you are doing for those that have less than you. 
It's not right. Give to those that have more. Yeah. If you see someone that's doing well, help them do better. That's that's the real lesson. The Christmas Carol was great up until the end when Scrooge became a loser. Because what Scrooge was saying is, we have to work. Oh, but mister, I want to go have, uh, I want to go to the, have the holidays with my family. And Scrooge, Scrooge gave him a job, right? Scrooge gave Bob Cratchit a job. Mm -hmm. Is it Scrooge's fault that he had a cripple? No. Scrooge goes, hey, come into work and be a clerk. Even knows what that is. Write with a quill pen, be a freak in that corner, and I'll fucking be a miser and run this ship. And then what did Bob Cratchit do? I forget. He goes, I want to go home with my family because it's Christmas. And Scrooge goes, you better fucking, you better figure it out. You better get this shit done. And and uh, and I I don't remember. I think Cratchit <laughs> leaves. Cratchit leaves and goes home to be with his loser family. His his son like like his crippled son and his disgusting wife and in this hovel that he lives in. And then he's there. And then Scrooge, a fucking king, gets harassed. By these communist ghosts, AOC, <laughs> Bernie Sanders, and uh, I don't even know. Ilhan Omar, maybe? Yeah, Ilhan Omar. I was going to say Cornell West because he <laughs> kind of has a ghost look. And then he wakes up the next day and he goes, buy the fattest turkey and give it to, to this loser Cratchit. It's not real. Do you understand that they had to scare him? They had to send the ghost. Scrooge knew he was right. Live in the security that you are correct. All the time. Even when you're not right. Be right. And Scrooge, by telling Cratchit, you have to work. You can, Things don't just happen. You have to work. Is the best lesson of that. Doesn't matter about the bullshit. I want to eat figgy pudding. Yes, yes, yes. But you must, you must work. And that was the real lesson of the Christmas Carol. When he wakes up the next day and he goes, here's the turkey and bring the turkey to the family. Also, like, can you imagine, like, that wouldn't even work. Like, like, like he would send a turkey and like the wife would be like, this is fucking guy who tortures you every day. Sending the turkey over now, like. What's his game? What's this guy's game? This old miser, piece of shit, you know. So that's how Ben's wife feels about me. Like, what I could, I could do anything. I could deliver a uh, Rolls Royce to the house for, for both of them. She go, what is this? Do they have the brakes in? What are we? She's trying to kill me. So that's my whole problem with the Christmas Carol is that it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an assault on a, on a, on a business owner, <laughs> right? Scrooge. And by the way, am I? Is the show sponsored by Turning Point USA? Yes, it is. And will I be doing a Turning Point USA's rereading of Scrooge? Yes, I will. And will I be doing it with Charlie Kirk? Well, I just may. And me and Charlie Kirk will reread a new version of Scrooge where there is respect for the entrepreneur.
okay? And not some low-level vagabond clerk and his gimp son. We're doing a new version of the Christmas Carol with respect for the entrepreneur. We're doing a new version of Oliver Twist. You know Oliver Twist? What's the famous line in Oliver Twist? Can I have some more? Please, sir, may I have some more? Okay. And the new line, when me and Charlie have rewritten it, is, Sir, I've had more than enough, and everyone else <laughs> has had too much, and they're getting lazy. So can I please go back to work? That's the new line. New readings of the class. Turning Point USA's new readings of the classics with Tim Dillon and Charlie Kirk. I have not sold out. I have bought in. <laughs> you see? There's a difference between selling out and buying in, and I find that... I just want a blanket. I just hope someone gives me a blanket. That's how you know you're doing bad. So the first reason you know that you've had a bad week is if people call you up and they're like, hey, uh, we just want you to be really careful because of COVID. And the second reason you know you've had a bad week and you look like shit is if a TikTok star hands you a blanket. Then you know things are not going well. So if those two things are happening... You might want to, you might want to change what you're doing before you have to. Great line from my old boss: "Change before you have to." He's in jail. Change <laughs> before you have to. You see, but what I said about friendship there is so so true, so correct, and many of you will understand that, and many of you won't understand it because you're trained in this basic bitch logic of just swallowing these hallmark fairy tales about what life is. Mm -hmm. And they're like, when the going gets tough, the, 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 that, shut up. It's not true. Okay? It's not true. So, so the rules today are this. Give to those that have more. Because it makes you feel good and it's real. Okay? That's the rule. Uh, another rule is your real friends are around during times of jubilation. Not misery. It's very true. You might not like that. Uh, the third rule is only attend a party at Whitney Cummings' house if you've planned it. She is. I mean, God, that was. What did you think? What was your impression of it? Well, I'm always on the hook for everything here because he doesn't say anything. I mean, the food was kind of like inedible, in my opinion. Yeah, it was bad. What do you think about the, uh, what well, was vegan and shit? That's what they do in L.A. It's vegan. Yeah, I just know, can't it's, do that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a satanic priestess does it. Blesses it. What What do you think about uh, What do you think about the decor? What was the overall vibe? It was. It felt more Halloween to me. Like the it did. The cook had a big like hat. Yeah, and like did. everything was orange. It felt. Now you were around for the planning of my event, which didn't happen, but it was still planned. Correct. I assisted. It was just going to be a different level. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, it was just going to be a little bit of a different level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a different level. More attention to detail. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all. And a I, funner crew. Yeah. You think? I mean, she's got like... It's like half influencers, half reality stars. People that she's dug out of a comedy chest from 1992 haven't worked in 30 years. People... I mean, it's like some influencers like, my titty's a trillionaire. <laughs> and then some comic next to them that lives in a car. It's like, what is going on? You know? It's a 
Instagram influencer is like, look at my golden pussy. And then the person next to them is like, I live in a RAV4 I found. <laughs> so there's no semblance. I don't even understand what's happening there. You know? It's, it's like when people with drugs used to hang out with people without drugs. It would be like, yeah, I don't. Right. Yeah, what are you doing here? Very strange. Uh New studio being built. When do you think we'll have the new studio? Like, actually. By the new year, we have to get some custom things built. It's going to take a couple weeks. It's going to take a couple of weeks. Thank you for everybody who is uh, supported the fake business campaign. Fake business will be doing real business up until, oh, it's over now. Well, if you're on the West Coast and this episode's up, you might have a couple hours to still buy. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't bought it by now, what are you really doing? Yeah. What are you really doing out there? You know, so we're going to leave now. We're going to disobey the lockdown because this is not essential. Uh, well, get the McRib. We're podcast. So we're media. So I'm allowed to travel to your house and back to mine. So we're allowed to go get food right for because we have to come back and do ads after we go get the McRib. Good point. Hey, officer. <laughs> we're a podcast. Have you heard of podcasting? Mm-hmm. We're the media. We are the media now. Another thing I said is a joke. It's now yeah. somehow real. Yeah, it's true. We're the media. What a fucking, what an insane realization, huh? Yeah. We're allowed to leave our homes because we're the media. Yeah. You think Gavin Newsom's in an office one day going, you're letting these fucks go to and from each other's houses and you're telling people to burn down my wineries? (laughs) It's, Gavin, it's a metaphor. A fan of the show's in there going, Gavin, he said to it was satire. Yeah. Burn down the winery with satire, you know? Um, I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> this is how I'll end the show, which is funny. <laughs> this is how we're going to end the show. I am. I just want to clarify right now. I am not telling anyone to set Gavin Newsom's winery on fire. Mm-hmm. That is not what I'm doing at all. This is a joke, mm-hmm. and I'm not. If you're in the area and you have a lit cigarette... Oh, God damn it. <laughs>